As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. All right, everybody working up. Everybody's working. With that time, yours. I wish we had time travel, not just so we could make lots of good times ours jokes and not just to go back and like witness various fun moments in history, but think about what time travel would be like after we had had it for a while and maybe we started using it for very silly things because I would love to go back in time, I don't know, four or five weeks and just tell our past selves on this episode of times ours that, yeah, actually the Chiefs defense is pretty much unimpeachably good at this point, dominated the Dallas Cowboys, and really won the Chiefs that game. Because I don't know what our past selves would have to say about that. Welcome to Times Ours. I'm Joshua Briscoe with Seth Kaiser and Nate Taylor. I put Nate last that time. That's weird. Uh, That's before we right. start the show, Seth, get out of here. Before we start the show, Seth, you're third again. We just wanted to let you know... <laughs> <laughs> Before we start the show, we wanted to let you know about The Athletic's Black Friday deal. Starting Monday night at 5 p.m. Eastern, The Athletic's great writing is just $1 a month for 12 months. That's a great deal. Go to theathletic.com slash timesars to lock in our very best price of the year, just $1 a month for new subscribers. Guys, you tell me what to make of the game that we watched. Uh, 19 to 9 was not my uh, score prediction, but... The Chiefs' defense was legitimately, like, the number one story from this game, and I'm not sure that it's close. I don't think it is either. Um, what are we doing? What, <laughs> where are we? Nate was thrown by you naming me. Yeah. You know, I get it, Nate. I get it. I, I put that on the quarterback. That was an inaccurate pass. You starstruck. Look, man, I got senioritis real bad. I'm, I'm on an airplane by the time people are hearing this. Mm. And uh, <laughs> I'm just, I'm, I'm, so my chair is inching towards the door farther and farther as the show goes on. <laughs> no, Nate, you, I mean, obviously you're there because you're there for all of them. What, what, what did you see yesterday? What is the, what is this football team? I, I see a football team that is complete, right? I see a football team that um, had some opportunities to sort of blow the game open. And we'll get into that later in the show. But mm-hmm. um, I see a defensive coordinator playing to his player strengths, um, not giving a crap as to really who's on the other side of the ball, which is just wild to think about. Cause, <laughs> considering like where we were in, in September. Um, and 
I put this on Twitter and I'll say this again and then I'm going to add something to it, fellas. And I know it's the second part is sort of chief sacrilege, but Chris Jones, I believe it was after uh, the Giants game, sort of said like, hey, I don't I don't know if I'm going to be 100 uh, percent oh, yeah. for the remainder of the season <laughs> because, you know, I'm dealing with this wrist injury and I, I tore some ligaments and like. It's just going to take time for that thing to heal. And, like, I'm playing football, violent sport. And, look, I don't care if, you know, Tyron Smith is out. I don't care if Connor McGovern is playing uh, maybe his not not his best position. I don't care if Lyle Collins is, you know, one minute he's left tackle, one minute he's right tackle. It didn't matter who was in front of this man last night. Chris Jones just destroyed the Cowboys. He was the pure definition of a game wrecker. And then, as he, I think, is is wise to acknowledge, the secondary was excellent. The the coaching staff had a great game plan. Um, It's one of those game plans where the other team's like, I mean, they're not going to do this because, like, they have the internet just like we do. Why y'all? Why y'all doing? Why y'all doing? What y'all not supposed to be doing? Um. And so, as I wrote in the athletic, it was fascinating that in a game where, like you mentioned, Josh, we expected points. Maybe this is a Super Bowl preview. Uh, it sucks that uh, you know Amani Cooper was not available, but you know, relative. To when kickoff started, Dak Prescott had the majority of his skill position players. Um, that the best player on the field wasn't anybody on offense on either team. Um, and so, Seth, I want you to take. I want you to take this. I want you to take this with with understanding that I'm your friend, and I've thought this through, and I know that like. These two people are not similar, but there is a similar trait. That that's what I'm trying to 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 sort of share. It is not surprising to me that Chris Jones's best two games of the season have been inside Arrowhead Stadium. I would say that this player feeds off of the Arrowhead crowd in a manner unlike anyone else on the roster, even someone like Tyron Matthew. When the setting is right in that building, Chris Jones has has a has a has a level that is very Derek Thomas like. Hmm. Oh yeah, people are gonna freak out about that. Good luck with that. Um, <laughs> you know, anytime you make a comparison, people think you're making an apples to apples comparison, but you're not. What you're talking about is feeding off the crowd and feeding off energy, and you're absolutely right. Like there are some players who they just they, they can get on a roll. And once they're on that roll and once they start with the crowd, I mean, they just, this, things just really start to piece themselves together. And rushing the passer is exhausting. It is a grind. I mean, any one of us, I think every NFL fan, they should like uh, have events where they have fans pay like 30 bucks a pop to try to run around an NFL player <laughs> who's pass protecting. Mm-hmm. Now they'd never do that because it wouldn't be worth the uh, 
it wouldn't be worth the uh, the money for them because you know what if someone like snaps an ACL doing like you know this really weird thing, but it would give people an idea how exhausting it is going up against great players, and I completely agree in terms of you see him and anyone who's been to a game live, you can see Jones loves that. I mean, he loves it. And the more the crowd gets into it, the more energy he has, the more he's able to push kind of past that physical exhaustion. And then the more the more he gets that, the more plays he makes and the more amped up the crowd gets and the more, and it just starts to cycle. And I assume that's what it was like at Arrowhead last night as it became apparent that he was taking over the game. And let me just say, despite the fact that some of his snaps, not all of them, but some of them were against the guy who is universally regarded by any anyone whose opinion I care about, Zach Martin is universally regarded as the best guard. Vo- Seth, what about Quentin Nelson? I said what I said. I said universally. Every offensive lineman person that I talk to, like a Brandon Thorne type, right? Or, or Jeff Schwartz or Duke Manny, like the people who know line play, universally say Zach Martin is the best guard in football. And Chris Jones whooped him. Talk your Whoa. bleep, Seth! Multiple Talk your times. Chris Jones bleep, Seth! Multiple times. And, and look, they weren't one-on-one all that often. They weren't. But he won the majority of those snaps. And let me just tell you, when you're going up against an offensive lineman as good as Martin, if you win a, like one rep, You've done great. And if you break to a neutral battle a few other times, you're doing your job. He won those reps. He ended the game effectively. Tell it to him! After that third down sack with nine minutes to go, I understand the Chiefs offense. I mean, the the Travis Kelsey drop with a pick, that was... They really should have put it away. Mm -hmm. But I had no fear whatsoever they were going to lose that game. I was like, they cannot block him. Uh, And uh, here's the... uh, they, they, They swag surfed on him. They swag, <laughs> they swagged surf on a contender, a legitimate team. Not, not, not the New York Jets. Uh-uh. You know, I felt like that uh-uh. was kind of like a. Um, I, I felt like that was the Chiefs being like, I mean, what else are we gonna do for the next hour? Because we still got to <laughs> play this game, and this team is terrible. So, like, let's make it fun. Um, look. I, they swag surfed on them. I mean, I wish I could just write that. I mean, I, I obviously included it in my story, but like, <laughs> like the, the first story, yeah, the first sentence, like, oh, this would be good. The first sentence, they they swag surfed, swag surfed on them. <laughs> yep. And that's here's the thing the, the the Cowboys. I mean, if you just go with that one snap, and so right now, what I'm currently working on, I've reviewed every snap of Jones on the on the old all twenty two there and, and charted every single snap. And here's the the first thing. As I continue to talk my bleep, as you say, (laughs) the first thing, I don't care how good you think Chris Jones was in that game. Yeah. Watching the film, charting every snap, he was better than you think. Mm, Unless unless you think he went back and created the universe from, you know, from nothing. And I do. And and, I do. He was was dominant start to finish. He didn't just – he, he didn't just have 10 pass rush wins, which he did, which is an ungodly number, by the way. It's, it's, a, it's, a, a, it's, a, it's a Derek Thomas number. 
That is a Derek Thomas number. But it wasn't just that. He also ate six effective double teams. What that means is it's not just a double team where schematically you end up doubled because the center happens to be there. It means you occupy them that whole time. They send that your way. And someone, in a couple of cases, Frank Clark, is left one-on-one to do terrible things to a right tackle which Frank Clark is back to doing. That's something we're going to have to keep talking about. Mm-hmm. And they they were doing everything they could to stop him. The Cowboys were, they were trying to send doubles his way. And other guys weren't letting them do that because Ingram was winning, because Clark was winning. And because Jones was still, they would line him up in a spot, like say you'd line him on the outside shoulder of the guard. And then you line up Clark and wide nine. Where do you send the double team from? You really can't. Because the center's too far away. And that's exactly what happened on that third and seven play. This is like, this is what football's supposed to be about, right? Like it's purest form or whatever. You got third and seven. Game's really on the line. And everyone kind of knew it. And the Chiefs lined up Jones in a spot that should give him a one-on-one against the best guard in football. And the Cowboys, that's a matchup they take 10 times out of 10. We'll leave Zach Martin on an island because he's awesome. And he is. He's unbelievable. He is like a souped-up Joe Tooney in terms of being a machine that does everything the same, except he's a little stronger and a little faster. And currently has use of both of his hands. And Yeah, can currently use both his hands. And it's just this awesome matchup. It's this. This is what the Dallas Cowboys would choose in that situation. And Jones just whooped him. And just, I mean, just went past him. too big. Too strong, too fast, too good. And ended the game. And so I think it's only appropriate that Jones, who effectively ended the game, literally ended the game later. And shout out to LeJarius Sneed, who might have picked that ball off anyway. Mm -hmm. Uh, Because, man, was he in position like LeJarius Sneed. I don't know how much film he watched on the Cowboys this week, but that man knew what they were doing, like, constantly. But Jones hit the ball, wobbles, pick, game over. It was... As dominant as I've ever seen Jones, and I've seen Jones play some incredible games. And it's it's great news. And, and something to note, he also, some of his pass rush wins, they were from defensive end. Hmm. Some of them, one of them was lined up, not quite wide nine, but close. One was from five tech. A couple were from three tech. A couple, he was lined up all over still. Hmm. It's just they're not trying to force feed one look. Hmm. And it's it really is terrible news for teams that watch this film because as I try to figure out a way to punt my my Chris Jones crap talking, who he really does get more undeserved garbage than any elite player I've ever seen. Um, he he just he's one of the it's probably it's probably because he's so unlikable. No, hold on, yeah, no, that's yeah, not that's it's not just, it. <laughs> it's very weird. It's just very it, weird to me. It is weird to me. He is one of the greatest pass rushers of our generation. And I mean that. He is yeah. awesome. He's six, he's it, six six too. Like I just yeah. from he's the a freak. From a defensive tackle standpoint, like and he wins with quickness. So it's not like he's long arming you to death. No, he's he's swimming by you. And it's just mm-hmm. it's like, what are you supposed to do? It's just I mean, Dak Prescott um had the worst combination. Um there's a guy pretty much putting constant pressure on me the entire game, and no one's open downfield past 10 yards Mm -hmm. it's just it's the worst that is well yeah you we talked about this earlier this year because it felt like we talked about how pass rush and coverage are complementary earlier this year in a bad way Mm -hmm. and now it's like the complete opposite has occurred 
in a lot of ways. I mean, their their coverage was weight was weight. Anyway, <laughs> their coverage was great. And before anyone talks about the fact that that CD Lamb left the game, it, it was before halftime. It's worth noting. I hope I hope he recovers well. Great player. Yes. It's worth noting he got hurt on a play where Charvarius Ward just like Usually I say like a great throw and great catch can beat great coverage. I'm not sure what could have beaten that coverage. Yeah. Like he was like inside CeeDee Lamb's soul <laughs> in coverage there and came down with the pick. And they had held Dallas to three points at that point. They were dominating them. Cooper might have made a difference for sure. Cooper's a great, great, great player. But they were dominating that game with or without Lamb. Hey, and it's cool to watch. Hey, hey, Josh. Yes, yes, Nate. Um you know me. I love the clicker. Love l- it. L- let's go to the tape. Let's uh, go to the tape. We're going to the, let's go to Nate Taylor's tape room. Go ahead, Nate. All right, here you go. Um, you. First, first, first series. Oh, he's in position. All right, that, that's a good start. Hey, everybody's lined up. All right, Traverius. Let's, let's let's roll through it. You know, um, let's let's go through it. Uh, they're they're okay. Okay, they got the matchup they like. All right, not their best receiver, but but a guy they like. Okay, um, they know we're we're basically doing single. Um, all right, roll through it. All right, all right, de- decent, decent off the ball. Okay, you got his hips. Hey, hey. Recognize the ball, turned his, turned his eyes around. Incompletion. What, like, he, he, he's looking at the referee because you was on him like white on rice. I, I like what you're doing there. Um, Josh, he's turning his head around. Yes, consistent. Yeah, on that pick, he got his whole body around. I mean, he basically ran the he, he ran the second half of the route. Yeah. Um You know, if we keep playing like this, fellas, we might we might go somewhere. <laughs> like this is- I'm I'm basically Dave Merritt and Sam Madison, but um we can help we can coach. Like like you like you know Sam Madison and Dave Merritt are looking at each other like we can coach our ass off. Because <laughs> like look what this fella is doing. They, they really have done good stuff with him. And Ward's another player. He's obviously not an elite player like 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 Jones, but he's another player that takes a lot of crap. He has been an average starting NFL quarterback for – did I say quarterback or cornerback? Corner, I think you said quarterback, cornerback. But we knew what you meant. He has been an NFL average starting <laughs> cornerback basically from the time he stepped in. And I know people sometimes hear that. It's like, well, he's average. And it's like, oh, that's kind of a that, – that's a compliment. Because it is very hard to consistently be an NFL average corner, and he's done it. I, can and I talk? I'm I'm sorry. I know that you guys have both talked about this, and now I'm cutting off. And I try not no, to interrupt no. you unless I absolutely no, have to. Set. I'm just scrubbing through the pick again. There's not a step on this route where he doesn't have a better play on the ball than CD Lamb does. He it's doesn't. it's an unbelievable play. And I was thinking, all right, Seth says great throw can beat great coverage. Where could this throw have been? I'm going. All right. Well, if 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 Dak would have led Lamb by another yard, maybe. Well, then maybe Lamb can can extend out and pull it in right right at the goal line, whatever. And maybe he could have. But then I w- went through it again, and Traverius Ward jumps straight up, basically. He stops to come back to the ball. If the ball right. would have been farther out in front, he would have been there too. Like He I, would have still been in position. The yes. only thing, The only thing that results in a touchdown there is is if Dak puts it at the very back of the end zone yeah. and allows Lamb to sprint through it and make basically a diving catch. And and is there not a good chance that Ward's <laughs> there too? It, at this point, I don't I mean it's just it's such a good rep. 
He, yeah, it, it's one of the best coverage reps I've seen this year. And so it's, there's a lot going on. I know we just have so much to talk about, but I mean, the front end and the back end of the defense right now, and also those dudes in the middle, um, Willie Gay Jr. is someone that I'm going to be writing about very soon here because they, you can see things coming together. You can see kind of the vision for the defense that we hoped during preseason where it looked good. I, and, and, and I love the fact that Willie Gay um, has been emboldened and, you know, I don't know if this is like, hey, uh, the coaching staff says, hey, go make a play if there's a, if it's available to you. Um, but Willie Gay searching and, and trying to be a sniper on pick six opportunities, I actually kind of love that. Like he he missed two chances uh, against the Cowboys where he almost got an interception because um, that's how close he is to being around the ball and to really understanding the quarterback's eyes his responsibility in zone coverage. Um, and then, hey, uh, if Ezekiel Elliott has the ball in space, all of a sudden that's not a that's not an advantage for the Cowboys. And that's just wild to say. Seth and I were talking about one of those plays right before you hopped on, Nate, about the the, the late third and two where Elliott had the ball, got got the ball um, out in the flat a little bit. Mm-hmm. Like I remember sitting right there, like, oh man, that's just a lot of grass for Zeke. He's got to get two yards. Like, all right, this is probably going to be a first down here. And then Willie Gay just hit a turbo button that mm-hmm. not a lot of guys are allowed to have, specifically at the, the linebacker position. And he beat Zeke there by a couple of steps. The the the, the Cowboys punted on fourth and two right after that. Like it was, it was an unbelievable play. Mm-hmm. It's it's also it's worth noting that he didn't just beat him to the spot. Yeah, he arrived strong and under control, and and finished. Yeah. Because one of the things, one of the things about if you're a step slow or two steps slow or whatever, is even if you get to the spot, you arrive out of control because you're sprinting, right? Mm-hmm. And you don't have time to break down. And that's what he can do. He had a few plays like that. And that's it's gonna be something pretty short that I read about him, but he he Willie Gay Jr. shrinks the field for the Chiefs defense mm-hmm. in a way that they haven't been able to in recent years. Him and Thornhill, now that we've, we've our national nightmare is over and Thornhill's on the field, <laughs> most snaps. Um, he, he and Thornhill add a tremendous amount of speed to the intermediate and back end of the defense that wasn't there before. Early on in the season, those first four or five games, right? That's what everyone talks about. Yep. The Chiefs just sucking, mm-hmm. and I get why. But Gay and Thornhill are wildly different things there on those two levels. Um you also have a bunch of other things going on there too. And one example would be they also have added a lot of athleticism and physicality with Melvin Ingram, which is rapidly becoming one of the most head scratching trades by the Steelers. I mean, I, I get, I don't No, Don't, 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 don't try to, don't try to defend what the Steelers have done. Hey, they got a six. The Steelers did is so they, they prefer volunteers over hostages. I think, I mean, that makes sense to me. And, 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 and six draft guys and and six round picks over guys who may, you know, that's such a good point, man. (laughs) That's such a good point. (laughs) Do they draft guys? Yeah, they do. Uh, And that's not really a volunteer thing. Yeah. Good point. Hey, you know, so much of this is about depth and having smart football players. Uh, you can never have enough corners, right? That's one of the things Brett Veach always says, even though Josh is like, can you please use a high first round pick? High high draft pick on Just that play. Pick. Yeah. yeah. But hey, if you don't yeah. ha- if you don't have TJ Watt, you know, it'd be nice if you had Melvin Ingram, who was, you know, 
available. Yeah, but yeah, but hey, they got a six round pick, which they didn't think they were going to get that at all uh, heading into the trade deadline. But um, you know, shout out to my buddy Robert Mays, who uh, I got a chance to listen to his live show with Nate Tice for our athletic NFL, you know, national podcast. And he basically was just like, I mean, I think I can curse, but he's just like, yeah, the AFC fucked up. And it's true. <laughs> it's completely true. There's about four different ways you could explain that. Obviously the, the, the Steelers doing their thing. Um, quietly y'all cheese fans. If they just want a guilty pleasure, just look up any article pertaining to the Buffalo Bills. Because that's what they were saying about y'all like six yeah. weeks ago. Hey, they're not running the ball enough. Quarterbacks <laughs> playing out of rhythm. No one's getting open. I mean, just, I mean, there, it, it is it is emblematic. Uh, dog, Tennessee lost to Houston. To Houston. To Houston. That was a one versus 16 seed upset. Literally. 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 Yeah, they they are the the Titans and they revealed everything that since Henry went down, which that's a conversation. If we ever have a lot of time, it is so weird to me. I know running backs don't matter. I think we found an exception. Yep. At least in terms of system systemically. Yeah. With Tennessee. And so it's like, OK, good. Take take your one. Yeah, that's that's, <laughs> that's right. Yeah, but I mean, you, you, you think I want to? You think I want them. the Derrick Henry smoke? I don't. I don't. Yeah, yeah no fine. one wants that because it's, it's like fine. okay, they obviously they built their team not just around what he can do, but around how defenses played them. Yeah, and it's kind of similar to like let's say if the Chiefs start running the ball more, which we got to talk about Clyde if we get time. They start running the ball more and start running over teams a little bit more, which they really should have done more in the fourth quarter. But whatever, mm-hmm. they won. Um, one would argue that that also displays the importance of Mahomes in that it's a reaction to how defenses play them. But all that's, you know, here nor there. The Titans, they're not hanging on to that one seed, guys. No. Someone's coming for that. And the Ravens... His, his, his name is Bill Belichick. Oh, man, I know. I can't. I would rather Ryan... I'd rather go to Ryan Tannehill, man. <laughs> Although, you tell me that Mac Jones is going to beat the Chiefs in January and... I'll, you know, I'd love to it, see it. it. It truly is one of the more fascinating things. The coaching staff, the defense, and um, the play calling, which has gotten a lot better from the New England Patriots over the last month or so, all those things will help that team get into the playoffs. But, yes, Mac Jones has played in immensely enormous games, particularly in college. I, I just, I'm so fascinated to see what he will look like in the playoffs, particularly if they're like, the one seed? <laughs> like, what? Um, and then everybody's, I know, don't have it snow. Don't like thank thank goodness the tuck rule doesn't exist, right? We don't need to we don't need to recreate what happened two decades ago. <laughs> we we don't we don't really need that. Um but I mean the the AFC is wide open. I mean the Chargers honestly kind of should have lost last night, but give them credit. Yep. Give them credit. Uh, the Steelers continue to be the, the the just the most like again guys just the most we don't have to most. we don't have to play the first fifty minutes of any Steeler game for the rest of the season I already know what the scenario is it's a one score game <laughs> and Ben Roethlisberger has a chance to do something okay <laughs> if Mason Rudolph is not the quarterback uh, like it's it's hilarious to me 
just simulate the first 15 minutes and then tell me tell me what I need to watch. With 10 minutes left, oh yeah, it's a one-score game. Doesn't matter the opponent. This is the 2021 Pittsburgh Steelers. I mean, you hope that's not the case when obviously they play the Chiefs after Christmas, I believe. But but by and large, that that's who they are. So if the defense tackles this well, if the secondary covers this well, and, and obviously we'll have an update on Rashad Fitton, I think, in the next coming days. It might be later today, depending on the MRI, mm-hmm. um, because he had a, you know, Andy Reese said he had a knee sort of ankle injury um, tackle, tackling Ezekiel Elliott in the fourth quarter. But um, remember when everybody thought Steve Spagnuolo had lost it? Just not not in this mm-hmm. house. We did just just not well, in this house. Well, I I tried. I I we tried. We tried, Josh. But I just re- remember when everybody thought Steve Spagnuolo was cooked. Remember when like you know they were trying things and it wasn't working. And now yep. they and now they and now they have more answers. Um, and I applaud this man because at some point in the relative near future you're gonna read about the steve spagnolo blitz package because he blitzed Pre- dak prescott and i was here for it i was yeah, so, my bad steve i was so <laughs> joyous i was so joyous every everybody was like now look i didn't want to say it out loud because that would just be uncouth of me unethical to some degree but you were there, Josh. I asked the mm-hmm. questions, and I kind of knew. They're going to blitz the hell out of this man. <laughs> and not like Jordan Love level of blitzy, no. but no. but enough to where the Cowboys are like, what the hell are you doing? Yeah. <laughs> and it also helps when you know, hey, one of their best receiving options is not available because, unfortunately, he was placed on the COVID list Friday. And the Cowboys <laughs> had to adjust their game plan basically two days before kickoff. That's never good. Um but I think even if Cooper's on the field, I, I still think Spagnuolo's like, um, this is what we're good at. This is what I'm good at. Like, why would I not? Why would I not want to show you my blitzes? Well, and so with all of that, and I, we've covered most of this, so I want to go quick, and then we can. I'm so happy that we're spending the first 30 minutes of the show on the defense. It makes me so happy. Um, I, all of that with the with who Spags is feels like that's settled into this version of the defense. You guys talked about the pass rush plenty. I think I would. I would probably say that that was sort of the first domino of this stretch of like Frank Clark being healthy and really productive for the first time and or for the or at his, I, I was going to say that in a way that was going to sound like very pissy and I don't want that vibe going into a bye week. The most productive he's been in like a year and a half. Um and ultimately now like I'm looking at the snap counts Sneed, Matthew, Ward all have played 100% of the snaps. Thornhill only missed a couple of them. Fenton was on, out there 76% of the snaps. You, you still got almost half the snaps of, in the game from Dan Sorensen, but that was as the third safety, and he was spending some time in the box and all of that. But those five, the five DBs that they have right now as their core five guys, being Matthew, Thornhill, Sneed, Ward, and Fenton in no particular order, that's it. Like that, they have been good. I think that is clearly the group, and it's been working. And like we said, Nick, you said earlier, Seth, we, we've talked about pass rushing coverage working in tandem, and, and for a while this this year, that was a negative thing. And right now, like I just, 
I just think the defense is like actually good. I I, I think that the solving the self-inflicted personnel parts of it alongside the schematic things that Nate just laid out, along with getting the evolution of Willie Gay and and Nick Bolton didn't play much last night, but um, he's obviously had some really strong moments when he's been out there. Like I just, I kind of buy it. I'm, and I'm interested to see how exa- how real you guys think this is and will continue to be over the remainder of the season. This was the best offense left on their schedule, statistically. Um, and as wild as this season has been, where for the first month of the season, they were categorically the worst defense in the league by a wide margin. They're getting turnovers, which I always said they were sort of turnover dependent to sort of help the offense. And they're the only team in the NFL this season that's gone four straight weeks without giving up 20 or more points, um, which is really what's driven this four-game winning streak uh, as the offense sort of has its ebbs and flows. Um, I want to say this is legitimate, Josh. I want to say that, like, they know who they are. And to your point a few weeks ago, they are actually starting to take away the other team's best weapon. Yeah. So if all that continues and they stay relatively healthy, um, I think Chiefs fans, I think we we could say this right now. <sighs> the team you still root for still has Patrick Mahomes. Mm-hmm. And take a deep breath. The team you root for can be trusted on defense. We now have two things that we can tell our clients moving forward. <laughs> you can walk out the door with confidence because you have the most gifted quarterback in the league in a defense you can actually trust. Yeah. Uh, you mentioned also, I want to point this out since you brought it up there. CeeDee Lamb was three for 14 before he left right at the end of the first half. Uh, Ezekiel Elliott had nine carries for 32 yards. The, the the best things that Dallas was able to do was throwing the ball to Dalton Schultz. And if Dalton Schultz with his six for 53 is going to lead your team in receiving, you'll take that. Seth, last word on the defense as a whole and, and how you feel about it from this point forward? Um, They now have guys who are playing like stars or very, very good players at every level of the defense. And it's a really, really, really big deal. Um, the front four, especially, um, they are, they're getting pressure with four, which means Spags can blitz, but he doesn't yeah. have to blitz, which means on like three quarters of the snap, he's lining up like eight dudes on the line of scrimmage. <laughs> and then the ball is snapped and four of them are like, ah, never mind. Um, and that is, that's a that's a recipe for consistent success against quarterbacks, even good ones. And Dak played pretty well. And yeah, yeah so that's that's the big thing on the defense that I take away. They've, it's interesting. I like that you say, yeah, they've got guys that are playing like stars again. And also they got a bunch of other guys that are just playing solid football. Like you right. get you get your half sack from Jaron Reed helping Chris Jones clean that up. Although I'm not sure he needed the help. Or you get, again, Rashad Fenton playing really good football. He's not going to be an all pro off this half of the season or whatever. He's played really well. And that's just seems like it's been true across the board. Um, I do kind of, part of me wishes that they, that the Cowboys would have had Cooper and lamb throughout this whole game. Cause it would just make it more fun as an evaluation. But I think the fact that I think that though that the Cowboys getting an extra game and a half total from Amari Cooper and CD lamb, the fact that I think that would be fun and not terrifying is a pretty good indication of how far the, the defense has come. Mm-hmm. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? 
Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite free. DirecTV gives you access to apps like Netflix and live sports right next to each other. I don't get it. Let me put it in pigeon terms. It's like that one amazing dumpster with the old fruits and cardboard all in one place. How am I supposed to keep up with illustrative metaphors when you are making me so hungry? Get live TV and streaming apps together without a satellite. Visit directtv.com. Requires high-speed internet-connected Gemini device and separate paid subscription to watch Netflix on DirecTV. Terms and restrictions apply. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. DirecTV gives you access to apps like Netflix and live sports right next to each other. I don't get it. Let me put it in pigeon terms. It's like that one amazing dumpster with the old fruits and cardboard all in one place. How am I supposed to keep up with illustrative metaphors when you are making me so hungry? Get live TV and streaming apps together without a satellite. Visit directtv.com. Requires high-speed internet-connected Gemini device and separate paid subscription to watch Netflix on DirecTV. Terms and restrictions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Uh, let's go. Let's go to the other side here. Let's talk about the offense because things looked great early. Uh, they looked perfect early, um, and then at the half, the Chiefs had put up 16, and, and I felt pretty good at halftime that it was going to kind of continue that way. And then that was about it offensively. So um, you guys, you guys make sense of this one for me because I've I've reached for a few answers somewhere, but I I don't I don't know what to make of of what the second half contained here. Well, I'll start with this. You know, in the first two drives, um, I don't know who to necessarily give credit for. Um, I guess historically you would say Andy Reid because he has a longer track record. Uh, even though Mike Kafka and Eric Bieniemy are always a part of the process along with Patrick Mahomes. But the, the, first, the play calling on the first two series was immaculate. I wrote it on Twitter. The Cowboys didn't know what was coming. <laughs> and you really hadn't seen that since, like, you know, towards certain parts of 2019 um, on offense. They didn't play a ton of, uh, of cover two from my eyes initially to start the game, and they may have sort of adjusted to that as the game moved along. Um, but they got Tyreek Hill involved early. Uh, Travis Kelsey was kind of used as a decoy or sort of an indicator to tell Pat where the ball should go. Um you know, I thought Clyde had some juice, which was really positive because, you know, I was sort of told before the game, hey, we kind of need to see what it, how it goes for him. And then we don't want to, like, overuse him. Uh, but if he has something, obviously, you know, we, we want to ride that horse. And they, and they chose to do that. And I think that was the, the correct decision. Um, Mahomes, accuracy-wise, was great. Um, his play in the pocket, I thought, was pristine. And... I know people don't want to hear me say this, but it's a combination of 
the play calling had a dip. Okay, it, it you can't call a perfect game in the NFL. That would be very hard to do um, because the other team has like legitimate people, and Micah Parsons is an absolute freak. Um, so the play calling dipped just a bit. Um, I don't know what Trey Smith said, but Trey Smith sort of self combusted an entire drive. Um, yep. Patrick Mahomes again. From an accuracy standpoint, was pretty was pretty precise, and for whatever reason, I don't know if Travis Kelsey was thinking about yards after the catch or the DB behind him. I don't know what was going on. Obviously, we didn't talk to him after the game, unfortunately. But the ball literally goes through his hands, his jersey number, and at least an interception when they were starting to put something together on defense. Uh, the Chiefs kind of played a conservative in the fourth quarter. Uh, there was really no need to go score a touchdown, kind of what Seth was saying earlier about, you know, if he feels comfortable about where the outcome of the game is headed, Andy Reid, Eric Bieniemy, like they just sort of, I won't say they sit on the ball, but they're not, they're not unleashing things. Mm-hmm. And so it's, it's a number of those combinations. I think a lot of fans would feel better if the Chiefs just scored one touchdown in the second half. Yep. You know, if they just got into like the mid-20s, Mm-hmm. Then you then you'd be like, okay, that was a that was an absolute dominating performance. Um and we didn't have to show much because our defense um was leading the way, which is obviously unusual for Chiefs fans given the you know the the Patrick Mahomes era. So I hope that explains everything. But I do want to mention that it's not really the quarterback's fault in a lot of ways, but the play calling went from being perfect to like being, hey, above average. Good. But, like, again, one drive ends because Micah Parsons is an absolute freak. Yeah. And so, like, Parsons. and so like, just, just clap your hands. Another drive ends because he sacked Patrick Mahomes again. It it happens. Like, it, and, and you're playing with your third string right tackle. And some of the some of the play calling that helped him early in the game, well, you go back to basically what your offense is, which is, you know, spread this thing out, hope that, you know, the quarterback – um, has the escapability that he normally does, and the right tackle, you know, holds up just long enough to get the ball out of it, out, out of the quarterback's hands. But look, I mean, Michael Parsons like the defensive rookie of the year by like a mile. Um, so I hope I explained that, but but you guys can uh, fill in your thoughts as as we move forward. Parsons is also a, the worst kind of matchup you can find for Orlando Brown. In that, and you saw that now most of the damage he did was against Wiley. So for one, that's a tough matchup against your third string right tackle, right? And we just came off a game where Wiley did some good things against Crosby. So I don't think he deserves to get hated on too much there. Correct. That was going to happen. Um, oh, by the way, on that first on that first sack, they did try to call a chip on him. Hill, uh, Kelsey tried to chip him. It's just Parsons too fast. <laughs> like he was gone. So um, with the the play that he beat Brown on, you notice he had to work for it a little more, but he's just an unusual athlete. Most guys, when his, Brown gets even that level of depth on, he's able to push them wide because they they can't bend enough. And yeah, not his bend is his back. bend is un, unreal, man. Yeah, they oh. they need to stop playing around with this whole linebacker thing and make him an edge because he he's got he's got like borderline like Von Miller type bend and. He's got enough strength to get around it too. So that was just a really high quality sack against Brown who didn't have, he, he that wasn't a great rep for him, but he can often win that even against good rushers because of his length. And Parsons is like, nah, I'm just going <laughs> to, 
<laughs> just gonna run around you, dude. Um, and then he also, also did also he did the impossible. He ran down Patrick Mahomes. That, yeah, that's gonna be my point. <laughs> also, one of the few times Patrick has decided to scramble and has actually like I can't think on one hand how many times Patrick has actually been chased from behind. Yeah, he's just he and he usually senses it and gets the ball out or something. Um, that's and someone tweeted that out, you know, for the first time in his career, Patrick Holmes wasn't 0.1 mile per hour faster than the guy chasing him. <laughs> um, so that was part of it. And then obviously the Kelsey drop was big trace missed penalties. It was not, this was not like what you saw against like the, the Titans or something like that. Right. You know, where the, where Mahomes wasn't playing very well or like the giants, it was kind of back more to some of the stuff we saw early in the season where the offense was moving the ball at a historic pace, but they were just making mistakes. And then you combine that with the fact it was a little more also what you saw against uh, against the Packers, where as much as Dallas was down a couple of their guys, which, by the way, I think being down a couple of their edge rushers led them to having Parsons in there. Yes. Parsons in there. Yes. So I don't think that hurt them that much it, on that that side. Right. And we talked about this. I remember, I think it was you, Josh, who asked me, like, would you have Parsons? Because, again, he's an athletic freak. So maybe you actually do let him play against Travis Kelsey and it wouldn't have gone, like, horribly wrong. But I just thought, I mean, he's just... Here, Micah, go get the quarterback. That's all we're asking you. I don't care where you line up. Just yeah. go, just go get the guy with the ball in his hands. And the dude there's, is dude's great. <laughs> He's great. There's 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 purity in that. Um, I, but I would say with him on the field, and then also they have a number of other very good players on that Cowboys defense. Um, listening to some of the stuff leading into the game. I mean, even you referenced uh, Robert and Nate. They, they're I love their podcast. Not as good as this one, of course. But <laughs> I mean, and who um, is Ryan? Yeah, I mean, who could be? Who could ever be? I mean, who else would have the power to alter the way that Troy Aikman? Oh, is he can't. When he calls Chiefs games. Holy smokes! Man. When he when he gets on the plane, is he just irritated? I mean, oh, God. he he. We I, we got to get to that at some and, point. And, time. I know we don't. It is and his armor modder just got i mean whoo i mean somewhere um, somewhere in the kansas city metropolitan area bobby Stroop was just having <laughs> a joyous time oh uh, sure i mean he I was just, having he was having a good time i already tweeted this this is this isn't an original joke anymore but it genuinely is shocking to me that that troy aikman has the biggest narc energy anywhere <laughs> on planet earth after being the quarterback of the cocaine cowboys like what are we what how how is that possible um, this seems like he wants it, to it, snitch on somebody it, it is well I, yeah that whole the, the Chiefs the Chiefs shot themselves in the foot a few times, but it's worth noting though that the Cowboys do have a good defense. If you look at the if you look at the stats for them, like the deep stats, they've actually held pretty much every team to well below their normal output. So you're facing a good defense, you shoot yourself in the foot a few a few times, and you're also in a situation where you know your defense is dominating. That's all gonna happen. Also, and I know we don't have a ton of time left. They still could have run the ball more because every time, for the most part, they ran, whether it was gap, duo, something straight ahead yes. of that yep. for mm-hmm. football terminology. <laughs> they were moving the line of scrimmage like five yards. And we got a chance to see Williams still played pretty well in spurts, um, but we did get a chance to see with those types of runs what Clyde Edwards-Alaire can do in terms of creating on those types of runs, even when it doesn't look like there's a lot there. And you can see why that's his jam. That's what he did at LSU. Yeah. And you can see the ability there. And so it's kind of one of those, like, there still is a little bit of like, you know, maybe when something's working, 
there were a couple drives there. You know, they like run the ball twice, like, you know, six yards, six yards, first down. I'm like, maybe do it again. Like, just see what happens. Um, other yeah. than Trey Smith picking up inexplicable holding calls that he needs to, he needs to tighten that down. Well, and I, I, I appreciate your point on Clyde. I just have such a hard time viewing him the same way after what, I mean, what he did on that football field. Like, Nate, I didn't see any reports after the game, but I, I imagine that he left the stadium in handcuffs for pointing at that defender because you can't, you can't do stuff like that. Like we live in a society. Yes. And the rules, the rules are clear. Is he going to get suspended? He should. You know what I'll say? Rest of the season. It maybe put him on some exempt list while the, while the league sorts this out. Because you can't just be pointing at people like that as you're making a great touchdown run. It's unacceptable. We, we know what the rules are, okay? Enter the end zone. Give the ball to the referee. Respectfully. Respectfully. Not flippantly. Hand it to him like precious cargo. And celebrate with your teammates and your oh. teammates only. Don't look at the but, don't look at the television cameras. Don't look at fans. Don't no. look at the opponents. Don't look at the refs. Once you give the, the ball, once you give the ball away, celebrate solely with your teammates. You know, actually, and the referee. actually, handshake, shake your hand. Yes, with your teammates. None of this lollygagging. The game must move on. We have an extra point to kick. Children are watching and. And and be a professional. Hand the ball to the referee. Look down at your own feet. Sprint to the sideline of your own team. Yes. And then you may you may have three handshakes. And then you look to the sky and you say, "Thank you, Roger Goodell, for inventing the sport of football. <laughs> Thank you to all of the owners who pay our salaries. I love it here." And then you, then so, you stop celebrating at that point. You know, I would just say, Seth, how would you prosecute Clyde Edwards-Helaire for that crime against humanity that he did last night? uh the 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 thing that bugged me about that more than anything else is that that kind of felt like a fun one you know what i mean yes it was like oh we got you like you know what i mean like it was kind of like flip him off like he was that was to me kind of like a hey we got you 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 got put on that island we got you pat got you like that felt fun and i think friendly trash talk i okay so i'm a stick in the mud type to where there's levels of taunting that I that do annoy me, but like that, come on, friendly trash talk is fun. Look, let me Rashad let me Fenton, say. Rashad Fenton shooting an air <laughs> shotgun at the Cowboys sideline. I get it. I get it. No, I get it. I get it. I had, I had someone call me. My boss actually called me. He's like, I, did you see what he did there? I was like, yeah. I was kind of mad about the penalty. Then I saw that. I was like, well, yeah. Well, but here's but at that point he had not gotten a penalty. For being decapitated. Yeah, that's true. Like, when you get assaulted, I was looking for Schefter's assault tweet. <laughs> but, like, when you have that happen, like, my initial thing was I saw him, like, flexing at their sideline. Yeah. And I thought he was getting penalized for that. And I thought, you know, honestly, when you have someone play you dirt like, that dirty like that, mm-hmm. when you do something that dirty. And it was, I, obviously. It was. It was a dirty play. I think you have to, as a player, in a way, respond and show you're not going to be intimidated. Yeah, sure. And Rashad Fenton is not going to be intimidated. I hope he's healthy. He's been playing awesome this year. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, you, you also can't... This is a good life lesson, too. <laughs> Freedom of speech is indeed a thing. Sure. You can't pantomime shooting people. <laughs> or, point, of, or pointing at an opponent. Yeah. <laughs> 
Pretty much the same thing. I mean, well, those are those are equally offensive. I mean, maybe equally they thought, offensive. Maybe they thought Clyde. Has it occurred to anyone that they thought Clyde was pointing air guns? At uh, yes, that's absolutely what I. You know, the way that the way that ref threw that flag, I think he might have been afraid that Clyde had an actual gun in his hand. <laughs> it was. It was. It was just. It was a lot. I'm so sorry. I just. That. We had to talk about it. I. I, I um, am. I hate talking about referees because it's not the point. But that. It's just, they, what are you doing to our beautiful? Look how they've massacred our sports. They they kind of made it the point. Yeah. And, you know, when you say it's a point of emphasis, it kind of turns it into but, the point. But but everybody yeah. in the everybody yeah. in the league quietly knows that like by November 15th, those points of emphasis just vanish. Yeah. Like no, it, because real football has arrived, ladies yeah. and gentlemen, where the games matter, where people are gambling, where there's like high leverage fantasy football at stakes. I mean, uh, just Are you implying that refereeing is affected by gambling Nate? I mean, FanDuel Or are you just saying it directly look, as a truth? <laughs> FanDuel <laughs> would like our partners at BetMGM, the would, official betting partner of the Athletic, Nate. They, yeah, they would all of them would just like they would just like more money. Okay? And here's how you get more money. More people encouraged to gambling on this lovely sport where the referees get out of the goddamn way. <laughs> so again, every year, by the way, quietly y'all cuz I remember Lindsey Jones doing this um I can I I think it was 2 years ago maybe when like the like the Pass interference, challengeable nonsense. And it was like, hmm, it's Thanksgiving. And, like, I've eaten a lot more turkey than before. And, what what you know, there's been a lot more 50-50 balls where, you know, you guys decide who catches it. I mean, just, you know, it's a point of, it's a point of emphasis. It's very nice. It's something to talk about. You know, these uh, these old guys don't really like what the young guys are doing on the field. I mean, cut it out. It's November 22nd. Enough! We got football to play. Get out of it. Real football. Not not, not this September in sunshine football. I'm talking the darkness at 4 o'clock. The, the, <laughs> the, the, the pads. The pads are cold. Okay? Like, the pads are cold. <laughs> when, the, when, the, when, the tape, when the tape goes on the ankle, it kind of just stays on the ankle. Like, it doesn't... Yeah. You know, come on now. Like, this... You know, when the, when you put your hand in the dirt, the dirt's cold. Like it's it's <laughs> it's real football time. I'm glad that we at least got to address the most important thing in that game. <laughs> I'm glad we got there. Uh, we've got a little bit of time left. Um, I guess I know Seth, you're actually probably on the way out. We should we should also just wrap up. We're at, we're at appropriate show time. So Seth, why don't you say if there's anything that you haven't yet mentioned that you'd like to on the way out here? Uh, you know, why doesn't everybody? How about we do this? A little fire off a little final thought, everybody. You oh, Seth. We're also uh, sending people into into Thanksgiving. And here's a quick PSA. Like I said, I'm for the first time in a long time, I am flying without a microphone in my luggage. So if something crazy breaking news happens, I'll steal my brother's gaming headset or something. <laughs> if, as things are currently scheduled, we're, we're not going to have a Friday episode or Thursday episode this week or a Monday episode next, next week. week we'll, yeah. we'll get to uh, we'll get to the uh, the next game on the schedule on Thursday, probably. So a week from Thanksgiving. Go ahead. Um, I don't know. The thing that I'd leave people with is, you know, I already said the stuff about the front four. I don't think I have a lot of football stuff left. So I would just say, you know, enjoy your Thanksgiving and, uh, you know, 
say hi to family. And everyone should know that Josh is going to be very, very near to where I'm going on vacation. And he's literally flying out the day before I get there. Yeah. Yeah, I was texting with Jazz. I was like, look, I don't want to cramp your style. I certainly don't want Seth to cramp mine. So can I get out of here first? And she gave me the, the, the details. Let me just tell you, the multitude of directions I thought that was going when you said I was texting with Jazz, I was like, oh, oh we're, we're, we're doing stuff today. <laughs> so that was the limited options. That just was just trip planning? Good. No, we're just, planning the, we're just planning out our vacations, you know? <laughs> Is that not normal? Nate, what you got? What's your final? Send, send, send people into a long, a long time without time stars. By that, I mean like a week and a half. Yeah. Uh, thank you. Um, it's been a, it's been a pleasure over these last three months to try to figure out what in the world is going on with this team. Um, here's my Thanksgiving tradition that I want to share. Okay. You know, you're going to watch the Lions. I know I'm going to watch the Lions. Okay. I'm so excited. You, you, you know, it's, it's unfortunate what the Lions do to us every, every Thanksgiving. There's this little website called YouTube.com. And you just type in Barry Sanders. <laughs> Do yourself a favor and just know that I just love watching Barry Sanders clips on Thanksgiving Day. It 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 truly warms my heart. And I just want to share that love to everybody. Because, yes, we're going to have to watch Bears Lions, guys. I mean, it's just, just the way it is. Um, and I'm glad the tradition won't change. Um Outside of that, I mean, the Broncos play the Chargers, so I guess everybody could watch that, I believe, next week um, before the Broncos come to town um, to Arrowhead on the on the 5th of December. And attack your Thanksgiving plate or plates the way Nick Allegretti attacks being a gunner on a pooch kick. Because that man deserves a game ball, okay? He was doing God's work, and I plan on doing the same Thanksgiving afternoon with several places.